Roger. Yeah, I think it's pulling the wrong one. I'm just, okay, I'm ready to pull it down now. There was still a little bit uh, left in the... Okay, don't hold it quite so tight. Okay. Yeah, what? Hi. Welcome to the podcast. This is how it's going to start. Tiphorn, a.k.a. Jason Pepperhouse, a.k.a. the owner-operator driver of Daddy's Big Red Truck that's never remote-controlled and always driven by hand. Here we are. Thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. I have a very special, super dynamic, interesting, rare episode for you here today. But first, I'd like to give a big thank you to our latest, newest patrons at patreon.com slash live to tape. You too can join in and and be a part of this special session at patreon.com slash live to tape. You get access to all the sounds after they're recorded and also the Discord and all kinds of stuff. It's uh, patreon.com slash live to tape. Thank you, Kirk F. and Beans I, the newest patrons here on the live to tape. Daddy's Rig Bed, Daddy's Rig Bed Tuck. Also, please check us out. Check me out on Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash justmynipples, twitch.tv slash justmynipples. I'm on there multiple times a week, and every Monday, I do a Patreon-exclusive chat blast that is musical, and it's like a secondary podcast, so check that out. It's only on Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash justmynipples. It's the future of everything. Today on the podcast, we have... Uh, an outstanding guest, his repeat, repeat customer of the Executive Buffet. He's an outstandingly amazing composer who's done work for a show I worked on years ago called Pickle and Peanut, also Gravity Falls, and countless other amazing, just outstanding work. We're actually listening to his work right now behind my voice. His name is Brad Breek, and I got to visit his studio, one of the most impressive places I've ever been in my entire life, and we recorded the whole thing there. So the audio sounds kind of interesting. It's like a normal podcast. We use room mics, and it sounds great because we're in this beautiful, insulated studio. So I think it sounds wonderful. I think you're going to enjoy it, too. Thanks for being here, everybody. Thank, Thank you, you for being, being here. here. Thank, Thank you for being here. How long did it take you to set all this up? Like... We finished this maybe at the construction. We finished. Construction. Yeah, like two years ago, and I had to move in and start working right away. And I was just working on my computer, mm-hmm. and like none of this other shit was set up. Right. So like slowly over the past two years, I've like plugged everything in, 
And even like in the past like couple months, everything is finally like all working and I can just like the idea is everything is always able to record, so I don't have to like set shit up. I can right. just start um like doing shit. It seems know? unbelievably complicated to me because it's feel like so everything here is plugged in? Yeah, for the most part. Which is a fucking nightmare and I would never build a studio like this again. Like if I was, Why not? It's just like like Having like too much. What, what's isn't, that? isn't this like a dream studio? It is, but then like it's one of those things where like you get that thing you dreamed of, and you're like, the reality of this is so impractical, and not. I think I would have been better off just having like two synths and like my fucking computer, so because it kind of slows you down. It's overwhelming. Yeah, I get I mean, a lot. Of, part of it is like some of this is gear I haven't used much. I bought it before I had space for it. And now I'm like learning it as I'm using it, which is really? cool because you get surprising results. But then also you're like, it slows you down sometimes. But is there something you like a lot that's newer that you really like find yourself using a lot that you can, um, you can show us? This sound? thing I just got. I Yamaha CS70M. Yes. Dual channel polyphonic synthesizer. What is this from the 70s? Yeah, it's like um, late. It might be early 80s, but. So pretty. Like this, so these two guys are kind of like related. Mm -hmm. This one is a CS80, which is like Blade Runner. You know Blade Runner, right? Yeah. Like it was all made mostly on this thing. Yeah, you can play. It's like um, they're, um, it has aftertouch, so the harder you push, it responds to aftertouch. So what year was this made? That, is that like 78 maybe? I don't remember Just like a preset, some tweaks, which is crazy. You can but actually know how to play the piano. Oh, that's cool. It doesn't matter. And this has this thing. Mm -hmm. Stroker bar? The stroker bar is what they call it. No, I think it's just called a stripper. I did a lot of like Blade Runner was these so presets. The original Blade Runner, not the new one? They use it in the new one a lot too, right. just to get that same vibe. So this is like came after that one. And, um, Even though this thing looks older, does it? Yeah, I guess it kind of does. does doesn't look, it? This looks. This could be new for this all I know. In better condition. Yeah. But this one, I don't know. It's just a little. Here. Oh, sorry about that. Bleep it off. Fuck. Um, the shit. Um, yeah, this one like. This one's cool because you can record a sequence and play back and then like
super inspiring to me. I mean, they're like, they sound, this is super dumb or geeky, but like, they actually, the architecture internally is similar, but the controls are so like unusual on the CS80 mm -hmm. that you end up in really weird places. And this is kind of more traditional architecture, but, really? but it has, I don't know, they both just sound, this is kind of like the holy grail of this kind of synthesizer. Um, and it's just because it, it's fucking massive sounding. Mm -hmm. um, and it's so playable, like you saw. So, um, so when you like, um, you said the, the architecture, you like the interface or? Yeah, like the. Else? Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, the, like the actual, the filters and the oscillator. Okay. There's this dude in town, Rob Rosen, who like is just the sickest synth repair dude. Mm -hmm. And he just surfaced both of these for me and was like, he hadn't really played with these and he opened it up and realized, oh, these are actually like very similar, wow. which is weird because this is a really expensive synthesizer. Mm -hmm. This one is less expensive, but undervalued maybe. Mm -hmm. This is like fucking synth miniature. Well, I mean, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like, I don't know all this stuff. I'm it's so super fascinating to me because it's like this stuff where, I don't know, it feels like such a rabbit hole. It is. Yeah, that's the thing like with this stuff too is like, it's probably better to get one synth and know it really well than right. to have all the shit. But, you know, you could also say, like, the other side of that is if you have a synth like this and you don't know it that well, mm -hmm. when you play it, it's almost like encountering it for the first time and you end up, like, in places you wouldn't get if you really knew it yeah, like the back of your hand. You're, you're finding out how it works, and so you find, you get caught in, like, little traps and stuff. Yeah, totally. Do you ever mess with the, what do you, what do you call them, um, the, those little synths, those modular synths? Yeah, this like this stuff. Yeah, because I know a lot of people, a lot of composers talk about how they love these things because they're so unpredictable and they're so you can't really just master them right. They yeah. Like you kind of just are always experimenting that it allows you to find sounds to generate an idea that you can work off of, right? Yeah, I mean for the kind of work I do, because you know mostly I'm working on animations, like right. the music's more kind of literal, I guess in yeah. a way. So like I don't always get the opportunity to explore in that way. So this I almost never use because it's like, it's not recallable. Um, right, I guess that's what I mean though. It's yeah. not recallable, but it's like a thing where let's say you're using it, you hear a sound, yeah. you like try to be like, oh, that makes me think of this melody on this right, music, yeah. you can do it someplace else. I think it's just for me personally, because I don't, I'm just not good enough with it, I think, where I can work um, efficiently. Right. There's this dude, um, Chrome Canyons is his band name. He uh, Chrome Canyons. Yeah, he does the he does this show Infinity Train on um, Cartoon Network. It's like a really cool animated show, and he uses this a lot. And I'm, I don't know how he fucking gets his work done, but he does. You but, know that guy who did the Mandalorian? Yeah, that dude's sick. You like Wink Up for us? Yeah, yeah, he's amazing. I saw something that he does that too. Right? Yeah, I've heard like other people talk about that. Like using these as a beginning. Yeah, I I just have not figured that out. I usually just end up like I just this is just like this textural pad, like it's just all this shit kind of spitting out random like ambient shit. It sounds great though. Yeah, it's fun for this type of stuff. Do you feel like uh, with music a lot of times that like well, I mean how did you get into this? How do I say this? But how, how did you? Because obviously there's all this stuff here. How did you get into like this? arena of music because it's like it's very, it's very composing like synth stuff or composing composing I guess um, it seems like a, it's so much different than a lot of stuff especially 
it's one thing to compose music for a, if you have a rock band or if you have like right. any kind of band you're writing a song but composition is so much different right yeah I think um, well I like initially I wanted to be I don't know. I went to school for music composition. Okay, well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But I was like, it was kind of like just because, uh, like, I, I, went, I started as a jazz drummer, and, like, halfway through it, I was like, I'm never going to be good at, enough at this to, like... It's so technical. It's also just, it also just, like, an, an innate, like, feel thing that I just didn't have. Like, I had some chops yeah. and shit, but um, it was like, and I, I kind of discovered experimental music and um, new music and got interested in composition like halfway through and that like kind of saved my life um what you saved your life just because like I, I didn't i don't have any other skills and it was like i'm not going to make it as a jazz drummer but this composing thing like i feel like i have a yeah. unique perspective on it also know? even making it as a jazz drummer so that you can still be living in a basement yeah totally like the best jazz drummer especially yeah. nowadays because there's not a lot of interest in that. that's the crazy thing about it like i there's so many people i went to school with who are way better musicians than me right like incredible musicians and they're like they either stop doing music or they're like slumming it like you said like in yeah. new york trying to be which is cool but like i wanted to like have a little bit of comfort in my life yeah um, which is crass but um i don't know i guess i don't think it is yeah. But I like so after I did that, I I worked for this famous record producer, um, the Dust Brothers, oh, one yeah. of those guys. And Kidding me? I love those guys. Those like yeah. they produced the Chemical Brothers, right? No, they're well. They might have been some relationship early in the night. I don't know, but um, they did like Back and Beastie Boys. Yeah. And, um, the Fight Club soundtrack. Yeah. I mean, a couple yeah. of soundtracks are really good. Yeah. They're the best. Yeah, they were great. Like um, they're British, right? No, they're one of them lives like a block away. Oh shit. I don't want to um, dox it, but. Um, yeah, but I worked. It was just like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I worked as an assistant and just kind of like, I got. Real, I wanted to be a pop producer. Like I wanted to be Timbaland or like the right. Tint. And then when, what year is this about? It's like two thousand and five or something. Okay. Yeah. And then because I I went to grad school at CalArts, you know, for a composition. Yeah, and they had a really good animation program. My wife, who I met there, was in the animation program, and some of her friends hired me to do like shorts at Nickelodeon and stuff, right. and that kind of just led me to doing animation. So I, I like, I wanted to be a pop producer and kind of just fell into the composing thing. Um, yeah, I still want to be a pop producer. Like that's kind of what I'm doing. Really? But this is it's fun doing this. Do you have anything recently you've done that's like you, that you can share? That's like a, in that vein. Um, like pop music? Yeah. Um, I have to. a weird uh, like.
Oh, <laughs> I just like learned. Yeah, I just learned like some phrases. That's like, right. I heard, I heard the cat asshole in your house or something like that. It's I heard like, Ponyo, I heard Gato. <laughs> sometimes it's the idea is like my cat um, went to someone else's house uh-huh. and they keep feeding them. I'm like, stop fucking feeding my cat. Send mm. my cat back home. That's me, Gato. Um, it is funny. That, how did you even reggae tone? I don't know. I just I, I'm obsessed with it um, because it's like the only. There's like two rhythms in pop mm-hmm. music, right? There's backbeat and there's reggaeton. I mean, there's also like Afro pop, which has a right. slightly different clave. But like, I love this idea of like reggaeton is this alternative to the two and four backbeat, and I really wanted to like participate in that. Right. It feels a little shitty and colonial for me to like, you know, like I'm a colonizer. I like, guess, but isn't, isn't reggaeton in itself a product of that already? That's yeah. That's so true. I mean, like you can't double colonize. Yeah. I mean, maybe you could, but even when calling you out for that is got too much time on it. <laughs> but I just want, I'm, yeah, so I'm working on this for fun. I'm going to get some different, like, um, singers and rappers on it and just do this for fun. Um, and probably have, like, an animated avatar instead of me being, like, the person uh, in the band. But anyway. Yeah, it is kind of funny to think about how reggaeton is, like, the one type of music right now that's, like, there's, like, reggaeton artists who have millions and millions of followers, and I have, I don't know who the fuck this is. I have right. no idea who they are, but they are so popular. Yeah. Like, I just thought about that guy, Bad Bunny. Like, totally. Like, maybe a year and a half ago. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, this guy is, is like, fucking incredibly famous. Yeah, and it's so weird, too. Ever. I like how, maybe it's just weird because it's culturally different, yeah. but I feel like he is genuinely weird, like, and that's rad. Yeah, he's, he's even dresses crazy, too. He dresses, yeah. like... Kind of you saw him, you're like, this guy's a fucking freak. He looks yeah. like he's an insane person. Totally. Looks like how like a bum would dress if you gave him, a, I don't know. He just looks like he's just totally like nothing else. Yeah. I don't know. So I, I've been doing that and some other stuff, but. Um, That's cool. Yeah. What about composing-wise for like, is there anything new you can share as far as like, like the opposite of stuff? Something like you've done yeah. for a Oh, they could too? play? Um, yeah. I don't know if I have anything I can play because I'm, I'm working on this show Owl House with Nicola or Disney, okay. but I can't, I can't share it right now because I I just started on it and then I'm working on the new Smurf show which wow. okay but um <laughs> and I can't really play music. Well, they didn't hire me so I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much I I go out for a lot of stuff for voices but it's some music I audition for everything. Yeah, I went out for Smurf. Oh, did you? Yeah. Um, I think I did. I don't I think even I think I've heard the final voice. No. Um, that one's weird because it's kind of it's just nerdy composership, but they don't. They I'm just writing like a big library of music, and then they just edit it in. I'm not like writing the picture. So does, do you not like that as much, right? No, it's fun. Actually, for that project, it's great because I can like do a bunch of work at the beginning. Yeah. I don't have to do like be on board the whole time. You know? Yeah, it's just kind of nice. Get it out of the way. Yeah, but um. I don't know if we're going to have heard that. Um, oh, because actually I'm just going through the speakers. That's fine. Oh, what? The, the reggaeton, reggaeton premiere? Well, yeah. you could just send it to me then. Oh, patch that's it in maybe. I don't yeah. know. Because we, we still have talk over, so I can just oh, yeah. I can just patch it in. But, um, yeah, I have like, I don't know, people can check out my stuff on my YouTube page. Yeah, you started posting a lot of stuff on YouTube, right? Yeah. And that, there's like, like yeah, there's like, because there's so much stuff that you do, you know, that doesn't get used mm-hmm. or like stuff that... Like the pickle and peanut stuff, I always loved, but it never. The show didn't play that much, and then like it's not like an album was released, so now it's like dead. 
Yeah, which is fucking sucks. Like, I wonder if they would put it on, uh, what is it called? Plus Plus, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I love that show, though. And I was actually, yeah, I was psyched when I posted that album, like, people were really into, you know, a lot of people were into that show. Yeah, they were. It just was a, oh, it was one of those classic things where wrong place, right time, right. maybe? Yeah, right time, uh, just wrong place, I think, is what yeah. it was. This was, uh, this is a, this is a very specific spot, right? So with all this stuff here, like, did you, did you engineer all this stuff, or do you have someone who's like an engineer or something? I have a like a wiring dude who did like the hardcore wiring, right. like, you know, behind the scenes stuff. Because everything, everything I'm looking at, I don't see any cables. So this all has stuff behind it, right? Yeah, I mean, I see, I, <laughs> I fucking see all those cables and it bothers me, but it does. Um, yeah, like, but plug in all, I, I plug in all this stuff, but I was a, like, legit wiring where you need a solder, soldering iron. Right. Um, someone else did that. I don't know how to do that stuff. How to solder? Yeah, I don't, I don't that's know. Cool. That's electrical engineering. Though, you right? know how to solder? No. I had some friends in high school who, my friend Pete built his own distortion pedal. Oh, shit. And he used to solder. And so did my one other friend, Steve, who's, he's still around. He still plays guitar. He actually plays, he's a brilliant recordist and stuff, but he, um, he was here right now, he would be like, I think he would probably have to leave. He wouldn't be able to handle it. He would be like overwhelmed by the amount of things where like, oh, it's that thing. Oh, it's right, that right. thing, you know what I mean? Because uh -huh. he just couldn't handle it. He's like a classic. He's like one of those guys you can listen to an amp and tell you what kind of tunes he's in. Oh, right. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like a music school guy. But, um, That's cool. We should bring him by. Oh, he lives in uh, North Carolina. Oh, okay. Well, no, I like it. Yeah. Well, he's not from there. He's from Minnesota. Minnesota, yeah. Okay, well, I'm, I'm going to go now. All right. Um, what I was saying is like, yeah, he he solders a bit just to repair the like guitar stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, I don't know anyone who's like. I feel like that's like a different type of thing. You know? Yeah, I w I tried like because I'm really into old like vintage like these are old like pre okay. mic preamps from like the 40s. So, but those I, seem like incredible. They're like so this behind this front is new like this interface is new. Right. These knobs are old, but I found these. Old preamps on it's like eBay probably I can't remember. Right. They're these beautiful tube preamps, but they needed to be like racked up. So I hired this company, Coil Audio, who makes this sick tube gear to rack it up. Um, and I love like there's a time when I was like, oh shit, I should learn to, to like learn a little bit of electrical engineering so right. I can do this. And I just couldn't fucking get my head around it. Wow. Um, I'm not technical enough, but anyways. But yeah, I love having this this old stuff it has a different vibe and it, i think it's not, it's not just that it sounds different but you interact with it differently too what do you mean by that i feel like just these knobs like it's just exciting to interact with these knobs they're so fat yeah okay. and it and it sometimes like for me like a piece of gear will just get me excited to like mm -hmm. write a song like getting a compressor that does something different you know um, have you heard that story about willie mitchell and michael jackson no, I don't you know so. Willie Mitchell, right? The guy who produced all the Al Green stuff, yeah, High yeah. Records. I think High Records had these massive power amps, or maybe they're preamps, which they ran everything through. Uh -huh. You know how, they, how their sound is like super tight? Yeah, yeah. Like compressed. Uh, I guess at some point in time, Michael Jackson wanted to buy those oh, from right. Willie Mitchell because they just, he loved the sound. And Willie Mitchell's like, fuck no. I won't sell them, I won't sell them for any amount of money. Right. Because it's like such a special part of the sound. That's the first, I remember reading about that, like, in Wax Poetics, and being the first time I heard about, like, I don't know, I guess I, guess I just didn't realize how much this, this kind of stuff matters as far yeah, as like, sound goes. Like a mic preamp, it seems so innocuous yeah. and esoteric, but 
it's kind of a cumulative thing too. Like, I mean, there's also this cool thought like there's people making amazing stuff with just a laptop. Like, yeah. You don't need that stuff, but you know, it's like uh, having all this stuff is <laughs> is ridiculous in a way, but because um, most of this stuff you can is re is replicated in just like plugins already to yeah. a, to a fairly convincing degree. But there's something about like this, like there's a plug-in version the space of space echo is but yeah you know that but isn't there a thing with though with the, all these analog things where like it's twofold when you have a piece of analog gear i love this by the way in the background it's so yeah. cool when you have the analog gear like you're talking about the having the tactile ability to mm -hmm. manipulate things allows you to change the sound in a way that you wouldn't be able to do with a keyboard and a mouse as easily because yeah. it doesn't have that feeling it's almost like yeah if you're driving a car like you feel the road and all that, you feel yeah, all this stuff, totally. and you feel all this stuff in this. There's also that thing where is it, isn't like, isn't modern fidelity with like recordings different? Because you think about like something that was recorded in the 70s or 60s, everything was done on like what two inch tape or mm -hmm. you know, on this stuff that has a doesn't really have a bandwidth, right? Because it's it's right. analog, so there's there's no limit to the yeah. recording bandwidth. So you're getting stuff, you're hearing things that are. It would like be beyond your perception yeah. that are actually contributing to your feeling. And you can expose yeah. stuff. This, the digital stuff can be exposed if you, if you like, ex like, I always think about like a lot of times lately I've been slowing down YouTube videos. Uh -huh. And you hear it, it doesn't actually change the pitch, it's just changing the speed. Right. And you hear these artifacts in there, and it kind of exposes the, the nature of the recording totally. because you're changing it. And so I said, isn't that? Yeah. Know, there has to be something to, something to that, right? Because so much of the stuff we listen to now is at such a low bandwidth that it's kind of right. like, of course you can have a replicator because there's no way to uncover the the flaws in the sound. Yeah, yeah. I think like the fact that we're all listening to these imperfect digital media now makes those like differences between some the the fake version and the real version of that like less important. Because they've also gotten really good at modeling that stuff and the, like audio to digital conversion now yeah. is very good like so i think the whole tape versus you know a digital recording medium doesn't matter that much anymore to me it's but for some people maybe it does not yeah. to me but for me more it's just about the like we were saying like the tactile aspect of interacting with something like this like i would never end up in the same place with the plug-in version that i would with this you can't really feel fun. it, right? You can't really yeah. feel it. It's also just more fun. Like, what do you want to spend your time doing? Like, clicking a mouse or turning yes. it? I can turn this one. Which one is that one? This is the... What's this? It's called the K-E-I-O. K -E -I -O. It's related to the Mini Pops. Which you have to have it. Oh, the Mini Pops. These yeah. ones are... But I, I almost bought this Univox one once. I'm so... Oh, this is Univox. This is the one I yeah. almost got. And Those are sick. Austin. Those are sick. Let's see. Let me try to get it. These are great because they're kind of in between time, right? They're not super modern, like the like these ones are more modern, right? The Roland ones. Yeah, that's like the. This is like the predecessor to the 808. Um, Let's play. Something about these just sound like so good. Oh, the order that sounds so cool. Yeah, this one. I don't know if that's a different. Look at that buzz. That's so nice. That's the Wiro. The fun thing is like running that into like the space like that. Let me get that into the space. Oh my God. Okay, you 
is like which tape heads you're hearing so it changes like the rhythm Oh, yeah. 
Too, but there's one like a whole um like so this is the one from like fresh right holy shit you know that one yeah that's the rip that's the rhythm right there that's almost like there's a whole what's that uh there's like a whole collection of stuff he did there's a ride going on i can't remember like maybe it, maybe it's in that one okay. the one i'm thinking of is like um this is almost like fuck i can't remember i love but that thing has such a rad like it's got its own like groove you know the tone is really like uh, warm like just that thing and it playing like Rose it's so good oh, it's like super true
like kind of what you're talking about where you slow something down and you listen to the digital artifacts like that was like a lot of what I did spend my time doing just like like taking a CD and just time stretching it so all you're listening to is the artifacts I was just, I'm still obsessed with that stuff um, but I feel like it's kind of overlooked like I think that was like a really important thing that happened um, and now it turned into like you know EDM and dubstep which is more like mainstream it's fine but it's like I kind of feel like the tools that were developed then are just kind of normal every day now, but uh, um, I don't know. It was like an important moment that no one really cares about anymore. Yeah, it does have like <laughs> a thing where, I mean, there's, I've had like real, I don't know what you call them, but when you hear something and it just really makes you like, oh my god, like almost like a soundgasm kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. I've definitely had moments, even recently, stretching out stuff and just feeling like, Oh my god, how is this a sound? It just feels so it feels so huge, it feels so like almost like scary in a way. You know, yeah. it feels almost like a like you're falling or something. Yeah. You know, that, that weird, like so much space in there. But it's um I was like one of one of the first things like when I started getting into composition, like right when laptops were like powerful enough to do audio stuff, like, and when I got my, oh, you know, I do Jim O'Rourke. Oh yeah. I was obsessed with Jim O'Rourke. Right, and like, stuff is so good. Yeah, he's he's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Like the first thing I did was get an audio editor and just like I played one guitar note and just fucking time stretched it as long as I could and then chopped that up and like that just doing that like as a compositional practice. Is still like one of the most satisfying things. For me. Really? Just taking it one sound, like and manipulating it digitally and chopping it up. Like I feel like the results you get from doing that are like, so gratifying. And like you're saying, like you get so deep into the sound. Like that. Yeah. So you have this TE. What's the TE one? Uh, oh yeah, the the yeah the, yeah, the um, pocket piano OP one. Yeah, that thing I is super fun. I've never really used it, but isn't that that's the weird thing about this is isn't isn't a lot of the stuff on here? It's one sound that you're like using a piece of the sound, right? And you can stretch it. And that's one thing you it. can do. Yeah, you can use it like a sampler where you stretch stuff. It also has its own you know synthesizers built in right. that are really fun. And I, yeah, my favorite thing to do is kind of what you're talking about with this thing. Like I've used it. Where I've just recorded my voice, like screaming or yelling or playing a sound into it, and then like like you're saying, stretching it or chopping it up, and it's such an immediate. The interface is really immediate. You can yeah. get cool stuff really quick. I couldn't figure it out for sure. Yeah, it is like. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, So do you have any sounds that you don't like? Do you find like, you know, maybe they don't hate, but something we just, like, you're always gonna, you're never gonna go through, and you just don't love this. Like for me, it's like, I don't, I don't, we don't like alto sounds. I never like, oh, yeah. I never want to hear alto sounds. I think I'm probably similar to you in that regard. Really? <laughs> tenor sax, like, you know, John Coulter is playing tenor sax. Right, John Coulter's the guy, definitely. Yeah, I think you're totally right. Alto sax fucking blows. <laughs> it literally blows. <laughs> Yeah, even like soprano sax seems lame because you know, there's the Kenny G connotation, but if you listen to like Evan Parker or someone, John Coltrane, like, yeah. it's sick. It why does alto sax suck so bad? I don't know why. Something about the brain. I think it's so middle of the road. We could go over to the, the center of the room sure. if you want. Let me see if we're recording. Is that a Leslie over there? Yeah, we could get that fired up. Give me a break. Oh shit, you know what's a bummer? What? Uh, uh, what? We were recording the synth, but not the the fucking 
heck of a... Well, you must, it's on this right now, man. And it sounds... Oh, you got it on that, right. Yeah, and it's really clean, and it's... Uh, I'll, just, I'll just start recording the echo first. Yeah, I'll keep going. Sorry about that. It's okay. Um, okay, let's see if I can get this stuff to work. Let's see... All right, well, you want to start, maybe the, we could do this ARP. Should I stop this for a second? Or how do I stop it? Oh, yeah, we could just, uh... Well, that thing I stopped. Okay. Wow, that's so long. Oh, and it's also this thing. Yeah, you keep the Sammy, that's good. Um, all right, let's see if I can... So what can we play through the live with? Anything over here or anything oh, in the room? Right now, I only have the Hammond puzzle to it. Okay. You know the Hammond, obviously, the B. Oh, yeah. This is an A101. So is that older or newer than the B3? I think it's probably newer. It's basically the same thing. It's just in, a, like, a... Case is It's in, like, a granny case. So it's a little... And it has, like, its own speaker built in. Let's see. Is it working? Jesus. Still warming up. Right? That's the, uh, the controls for the lever, right? Yeah. Oh, there we go. Oh, it is. Is piano your first instrument? No, I, I, I'm, I can play it just enough to like write shit. So you're not a real uh, player in terms of piano. No. sound when I turn it off. I, I don't know what that is. Is it a grounding issue? Maybe. That's what I say if I was like an engineer. <laughs> yeah, I think you got a grounding issue. It's a classic. Um, you got, well, you, you know got a bad cap. You got a bad cap. It's going to take me a couple weeks, but just a, just a ground issue. <laughs> um, we're going to have to dig. <laughs> we, need, uh, we need 40 feet down to mount an iron pole. Do you have like a massive like iron spike in the ground here somewhere? We have like a separate ground for the studio, but they didn't do some shit right, so I still have issues. No way. That was like, because I didn't know, I'm not smart enough to like 
know that shit well. I had like a consultant and shit. I don't know. Some stuff turned out good in here, some stuff mm-hmm. did not turn out the way it's supposed to. That would be a funny like short film about like someone like a composer who dies of having a hum. <laughs> like the hum destroys him. And it turns out the hum is actually just the sound of the universe. <laughs> like it's not a grounding issue. It's the um what the fuck? Where can I put this? What if the what if you were thinking about that? If, if grounding is just the voice of God, like you're, you're supposed to, and if you take away a grounding issue, you're denying that you're just silencing God. You're silencing God because that's what God is—is is ground. It's something where it's like, what the heck is that? That's a, oh, it's this, Arturia. You know this thing, right? The, no. The Art Twenty Six Hundred. Because 
I barely know what's going on. Because you can't see anything. Yeah. <laughs> this is my favorite kind of touch with this thing. It's like the. Yeah. So that like the one of the filter oscillators is modulating the filter really fast. That's why you get that kind of talky sound. Early, or what does that mean? Exactly? Well, it's like the this um, uh, this oscillator is making this go back and forth really fast. Okay. So, which that's why you get that. And without it, um, it doesn't. You don't have that like kind of that like kind of formant vocal formant sound. Formant, yeah. Oh, so this is a new. This is a controller for this older. This is, the, this is the synth, but this is just the app controller? Yeah, this is just this triggering is new, it. Though, right? Yeah, this is just more practical. Like, you can, I, I recorded that little sequence we were playing, mm -hmm. too. You can just do more with this than with the original. I have the original keyboard, but... Um, yeah, what's something cool. here, what's something you've used the least? Like, what other um, stuff did you just, like, never touch, even though... Like, honestly, this, I don't use very much for work. This, I hardly ever use, because it's really practical, but... Um, so what is this? A, this is a Roland... That's the System 100. Okay. Let's see. Can we close it? Like, it's really early rolling. Now you're going through the stuff again. It's like modular, like that stuff. So you can route things around a little bit. Just, it just got like the sound. sound Is this not poly? You can't play multiple notes. Yeah, it's monophonic. This feels like a like a carpenter kind of thing, almost. Like what? John, oh, John, John, John Carpenter. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I don't know the pattern. I don't know the I used to have like this thing has like its own speakers and like a mixer and it's like the it's the coolest looking thing ever because they all it all has the same industrial design but I don't know at one point I got poor and had to sell those parts <laughs> you've had this for a long time what's that? you've had this for a long time this one I don't know maybe like 10 years no absolutely like four when we were building the studio at one point I was like I, I gotta sell some shit to finish to pay for this. Have you ever seen that movie Fiend or Alien Factor? It's no. like 70s, like B-movie. It's this guy, Don, I can't think of his last name, Don something, but he has like, they're terrible, terrible movies, terrible acting, but they have really cool, really cool synth stuff in them. Mm. Some of it sounds like this, where it's got that, it's almost like, you know, Carpenter stuff can be a little bit subtle sometimes and nice. Mm -hmm. This feels like it's too much, kind of sometimes. Yeah. But, it, but you know, obviously, it's, more sometimes it's good. More but, aggro. Yeah, it just seems like it's really, really uh, has a lot of sound, like a lot of textures. And yeah. 
That thing is beautiful. I think like Apex Twin has used those. Have they been some? I don't know which track, but um, I don't what know do you use the most? Like honestly, like this, it's sad because for my day to day work, like this stuff doesn't get used a ton really? because, like I was saying, it's just more practical. Like the kind of stuff I work on, I have a pretty fixed template because mm -hmm. the palette has to stay the same. Right for and the for the show, yeah. it has to feel like it's in the world. Yeah, and you have to write so much so quickly mm -hmm. that like running over here to figure out like why does this not sound like it did last week? Like yeah, and also just it's so dumb. But running from there to here, it's lost. <laughs> yeah, it's. Yeah. But if I'm like if I'm working on a new project, like develop or pitching, or developing a new thing. That's when I use this stuff because like it's inspiring. You end up in weird places. Um, How does that work? If you do, you have to pitch as a as a composer. Yeah, uh, it depends. Some project like most of the time these days, like I get like um, I'm like offer only, only bro. Say again. I'm offer offer only? only. Yeah, well you're too busy, man. <laughs> no, um, it's like a combination. Like because I've done a couple things that were like kind of did well. Like people ask me to do stuff most of the time. But I still pitched, like I just pitched on this thing. And I used um, like the OP1. I used like everything, it was super inspiring. I didn't get the job, but it was like, it was super fun to like, just run around and just yeah. go crazy. Um, but yeah, most of the time I'm working in the box, which is kind of sad. But in the box? I mean, the, yeah, the just computer? like in the computer, right. yeah. But if I was doing more production, like producing songs, I would mm -hmm. use this stuff more, which hopefully I can do. This, what else is interesting? Uh, what do you have? You have a whole other room here. Oh, yeah, we can go look in there. What are you doing? Oh, let here? me show you this one. Okay. This drum machine is. Isn't that awesome? I'm super into this room. This is new. This is new. Like, we're just in touch with this. What's making that sound? It's that going through this stuff.
sci-fi film at all? For sci-fi what? A sci-fi movie? No. Well, actually, no. I did one. I haven't done. I've only done like one or two, like indie movies. I would actually just do like cartoons, maybe. Cartoons. Well, cartoons can be pretty sci-fi, though. Yeah, that's true. I guess a lot of stuff I've done has been sci-fi. Like Gravity Falls is that show I did for Disney. It's like I don't know. Is that more fantasy? I guess so. I don't really, I mean, no, no. I'm not the one to decide that. Yeah. <laughs> if you do, the people are like, um, actually. Yeah. You see, so when you like, um, so you started on guitar. That's where you first. I started on drums. On, dr- on yeah. drums. And then, then you, hmm? you did learn guitar then too? No, I like, I can play guitar like poorly. I can play like rhythm guitar, but that's, um, and I can like, yeah, play piano like enough to like write stuff. I can't like sit down and play Bach. Right. So when you like approach composition, do you feel like you approach it more from like a rhythmic standpoint or from like, because I feel like, like I started on bass, right? Uh-huh. And I picked up the drums a little bit, but I feel like drums are easier for me because of bass, because bass is so rhythmic. Oh yeah, that makes sense. And I have a lot of trouble with guitar a lot of times because it's, it can be so not, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I always want to make stuff rhythmic as opposed to being other things. So when right. you like write stuff, do you... Do you, do you feel like there's a difference in how you approach stuff, like versus rhythm versus melody? Or I don't know. I mean, not like I a, def- not a consideration. I don't. I guess I don't. Maybe I don't think of it that way. I guess if someone, um, I think I do get hired a lot because I think I'm pretty like melodic. Mm-hmm. But I do think like having been a drummer definitely helps because you know you have to write like yeah. I probably do have a good sense of rhythm that probably right. helps. Um, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's I, I do like like it is cool to pick up because I, I suck at guitar so bad. Like picking it up, you is, suck at like, it bad. What's that? I bet you're not bad at it. I can do like <laughs> I can play like power chords and stuff. Okay, yeah. but like um, it is cool to be not good at that and like have no facility basically because it's like foreign a foreign land and you end up doing stuff that you like. If I sit at piano, I can do most things that I imagine like pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. But a guitar, I'm like I can't execute so it's like you end up doing stuff unexpected which is cool so, so i've kind of like resisted getting better at it you know what i mean so does that mean your main pathway to voicing a melody is through piano most of the time okay. yeah or singing yeah 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 i, I mean other, singing too huh yeah i mean yeah it depends on what what the thing is but I, sometimes I'll, i mean i've done done worked out melodies on guitar before um, like if i've started it on guitar um you know it's, it depends on the thing. Yeah, I'm not I'm not good enough at any instrument to really understand that. But I remember hearing my friends talk about how transitioning to piano, how there's that thing where if you're super comfortable on guitar, and you have like a feel for it, like yeah. physically. So when you're voicing stuff, it makes sense. But if you switch to a different instrument, it takes a long time to get to where you are. You have that feel where you can be really subtle and um, articulate yeah. with it because you just have to have such a uh, an understanding of the. Of manipulation of the instrument to, to get there. Yeah, I feel like I've only, I'm not a great pianist in any way, but like in the past maybe three or four years, where I feel like I really, like I I'm not I used to even be just like embarrassed, like even what we really? just did, just jamming, I would be embarrassed to do it with okay. you because I would feel like shitty. Um, but now I'm like I feel like I can get my idea across easy enough that it's like I'm, I don't you know I feel like I have more facility and comfort, kind of what you're describing, but. There's still about, like, what about when you um, compose something and you ever ever had uh, musicians score it? Like, is it something where you have a, uh, there's 
people who are you know professional magicians. Yeah. Sometimes I don't get an opportunity to do that much because of the kind of just the, the you know of the, work. the workflow of them. Yeah. But um, sometimes, yeah, I mean, sometimes I'll bring in musicians. Like uh, occasionally use like session guitarists. Like they're just these sick guitarists. Yeah. Obviously we're. Or I'll like bring in like a saxophone player if I need some alto sax. Okay. Like, um, some annoying shit. Maybe? Usually tenor. I, I usually yeah. try to get them to play tenor. Um, That's cool. But I, I want. Uh, yeah, I'm pitching on this. Um, you know they're doing like a Patrick Star spinoff of oh, SpongeBob. Oh no! I'm not surprised. I would think so. Like, I'm, I'm actually hyped about that. And I'm trying to get like I'm pitching. I want to pitch for the theme song. I don't know if they're even gonna let me pitch for the theme song because they what? want. They want someone who's like done a lot of work because they want to record it with real orchestra. Oh, okay. So I'm like trying to convince them that I like, I do know like the workflow and how to do that. Like, but it's a whole different thing, isn't it? Though? Yeah. That seems complicated. But I really want to. I really want to do that. Like, um, record the Patrick Starr theme song. That's Nickelodeon, orchestra. right? That'd be sick. Yeah. Cool. Um, cool. I don't know. Yeah, I've done a little bit. Like, I did work on this when I worked for the Dust Brothers. I got to write music for that Tenacious D movie. Oh wow. And um, that they recorded with a full, you know, like Hollywood orchestra. Wow. That's like the one time where I've had my stuff played and that's the fucking incredible experience. I can't like, imagine what that's yeah. like. I mean, it's one of those things where it's probably like if you write something, seeing someone read it and yeah. anytime you do something that you write or create and you see it realize, I mean, I've seen people like have like, they seem like they're emotional. It's, a, it's like a, almost an emotional experience because you're just, in your head it feels so small and then to see it it's like everything gets so much better so fast yeah. <laughs> if it's if it's blown out and it's done with like a group. It's crazy right. how much uh, how much it, how much life it gets breathed into yeah. the thing. I also wonder if there's just something about the like the human aspect of it. Like when you watch really good dancing, like for me, yeah. if, like watching dancing, I'm very likely to cry. You know what I mean? Because really? it's just like there's something so human, and I don't know. Like, and I think there's a similar thing with, um, like, orchestral, someone playing an instrument, like, mm -hmm. re really well. I don't know. That's, yeah, yeah, watching, like, 80 people play something you wrote is, is, is pretty incredible. It's almost like watching, because it's weird, because you have these organic computers that are, they're, they're organic, musician is like an organic computer. Right. And they, they right. do this, and to be in sync, it's, it's such, it's kind of like a, um, God, what is it? I can't think of how to say this, but it's like a thing where it feels like it's a like metaphysical or something. Yeah, like. it feels metaphysical because yeah. they're connected in a way. Everyone's hearing each other and they're totally locked in. Yeah. And if one person moves, people will move with it in a way. It's like a right. flock of birds or something. Yeah, well, totally. It feels like this is impossible, but everything is so tuned in together that when you watch it move, it's, it's you cannot replace that with something else. Right. It's amazing to what the like the players in in LA because they do it so much. The people who play on those big movie scores, like right. you go in there and you give them your music and they play it perfectly the first time. Like, so it doesn't crazy. matter how, and it's like beautiful. Like they're all playing in sync and they're mm -hmm. expressive. Like that's pretty insane. Not me. I could <laughs> never do that, man. I could never be. I'd be like worried no. about my foot. My foot's itching now. Yeah, no, I for sure. Like, Dude, so even I, if I even try to record like mm -hmm. acoustic guitar by myself, I'm like choking. Mm -hmm. Like. <laughs> the only stuff I've ever recorded the good on an instrument is stuff where I'm improvising. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Like stuff, I'll make up a song, I'll, I'll literally be improvising, and it's so much better than the op than if I were to spend, you know, 20 hours on it. Yeah, totally. Something about it, because there's just isn't, there's no pressure or anything yeah. like that. It's, not, it's a very like, natural. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. 
Somebody's got to record your first vocal take. We should um, we should probably start to close up. Is there anything? Yeah. I'm trying to think. Is there anything? That I haven't. I mean, there's so much stuff there. It's like overwhelming, but I can't think of there's something I mean, I'm like missing. This that'd be cool to talk about or look at. This thing is pretty epic. Like yeah. I don't have a very good patch going with it right now. No, this looks older to me. Is it? It's is a it's a clone of an old Bukla synth. Like so, Bukla, you know Moog, right? Right. Like Moog and Bukla were like kind of the first big synth manufacturers. Mm -hmm. Like you know, you've probably seen those those Moog um, like modular synths, right? Yeah, the big ones that look like a like a giant suitcase yeah. that opens up three ways. Yeah, like so. This is. Um, um, so this was developed, I think, kind of concurrently. Okay. Maybe a little. I don't know. They were this guy Don Bukla invented this around the same time that Robert Moog was getting this stuff. Um, this is a clone of like his kind of seventies. This is Bukla two hundred. Um, it's a module. So each of these is like they do their own thing. Can you put the LSD together. in here somewhere? Yeah, that's where you drop the LSD. Um, but um, like I said, I'm trying to get turn it on. It's what the heck is this? Is this like a sort of Acoustical tile, or is this just pegboard? This is just pegboard, and it's got like felt behind it. To nice. Well, I got this like kind of tack piano. So that's that's an actual piano. Yup. Wow. This thing is a cool piano. It's not tuned right right now, so it sounds kind of like gamelan, but. I mean, God forbid something should sound like gamelan. <laughs> what was up with this mic? This is a massive mic. Oh. It's so big. Yeah, it's just a, uh, it's just a nice old, or well, not. It's a new tube mic, but new tube mic. Wow. It's just a, it's a Chandler red microphone. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it sounds really nice. Yeah, so I can like record drums. Like this is cool. More synth it. I, I tried to like set this room up so it was like its own self-contained. Mm -hmm separate workspace, but I haven't really done much in here yet. It's so crazy how you came in here and just everything's on. I turned it all on so when you came over oh. you could play shit. 
What about what are these little black things up there? Oh, they're like um, these like kind of cheesy seventies. Um, well, they're they're pretty rad. What actually. the hell is that? It's like a drum synth, so you can like do like disco tones and shit. It's like a Hamilton Bohannica. Like. Yeah, exactly. Um, wow, what's it called? Because this one's called, called the Pulsar uh, Drum Synthesizer Sin Plus. I think GHS is the no. GHS. Hillwood. Hillwood. Damn. I haven't. I need to put, bust these out and use these more. I haven't used them much. Oh man, that would be a cool thing to play with. Yeah, I should something about that. triggering things with drums as opposed to. Yeah, because totally. I, I don't know. I just love that kind of stuff. I love if it's rhythmic, because it's so much easier to use you, if you're not like an actual. You know, yeah. I can't play piano really. Have you played with that? Uh, I have one in there. It's like a, a Nord drum. No, can you explain what that? Yeah, I'll show you. It's not. I'll get, I can plug it in. But, um, you ever record in the bathroom? Yeah, I got, um, <laughs> it's wired up for sound. Is it really? Yeah, because I thought it'd be cool, like, That's hilarious. Paper. Yeah, this thing, man, if you want to buy, like, a fun piece of gear, oh. this thing is so fun, because it's oh, got... I've seen these, yeah. Yeah, it's a synthesizer, but it's also, like... It's a drum pad. Yeah, you can fucking drum it, and it's so fun. Yeah. But it's really, like... Like, even nice. some of the presets is just really inspiring and performative, you know? I should get one of these, man. Yeah. Because I've been streaming more. I'm doing, I, I like doing the music stuff on stream, just doing, like, dumb makeup songs. Yeah, I, totally. I don't quite have it set up enough to where it's, like, robust enough to do a lot of variation of sound. Right. So. Yeah, that, that would be a cool thing. Cool. There's so much cool stuff now. Like, this thing is, um... Is that the one thing? That, um... Where is it? This is a Poly B. Yeah, that you know, there's this dumb this company, new, huh? Behringer. Oh yeah, Behringer. They make like really. They make like cheap shit. Yeah, but now they started making like legit cool shit. Like, um, is that thing working? If you play, is it doing anything? Why is it not working? I think so. Turn the glide on. Power's on. Volume is at half. Phones is that? Oh, oh, I six. know, I know where it is. It's uh, oh, here we go. But these things are rad, and they're like super. I think this is like a hundred bucks, and it's very, very good. Slides. 
messed up, man. Yeah, it's a little ridiculous. Oh. Wait. I'm gonna play something really loud to finish it. To finish it, it out. There's one where your YouTube channel hits. So you can watch stuff. Let's see. Um, you wanna get a jam going? Yeah, with sure. Beats? We'll, we'll jam out. Okay. Let's see. What do you wanna? What, is there any drum machine that you want to do in particular? I don't even know, man. What do you think would be fun? Um. <laughs> Oh yeah, let's get a beat, a drum machine beat going, and you can play drums to it. Okay. And I'll play some bullshit.